Welcome to the King's Cast, dynamic teaching recorded live at King's Church in Cambridge, England. We hope you are blessed and challenged by listening to the ministry today. And now, here's the broadcast. Father, we just want to thank you for today. Lord, we want to give this day to you. Your word says that this is the day that the Lord has made. And we are going to rejoice. We're going to be glad in it. We're going to thank you, God, that you are in control of all our days, even when it doesn't feel like it. But Lord, today we understand, Lord, that every day ahead of us, every day that's been behind us, Lord, you have had in control. And God, we just want to ask today that you will speak into every life, that you'll encourage us, fan into flame, in our hearts, an expectancy, an expectancy for our future in this church and beyond in the mighty name of Jesus. And everyone said, Amen. Praise God. I'm going to be reading from 1 Thessalonians 1. 1 Thessalonians 1. It will be on the screen. And today um, is kind of not a a usual service because I'm I'm speaking. It's our vision day where I'll just bring more of a message really on what I feel that the Lord is saying for us as a church and uh, moving forward. Now, it's it's always interesting. Every time I get to vision day, they come around so quickly that I think, well, it's just what's new. But it's not, we have to understand that vision days are not about creating new things all the time to do. We've got enough things we're doing already, uh, but you know there are new things that we're going to be doing, but it's about what is the Spirit of the Lord saying to us as a church. It's quite easy. I always think that many people can build things. We can build things that look good, but the question is, is it, is it what Jesus wants us to build? And there are a lot of churches I see around that you can kind of say, well, the, you know, there's fruit there, but the reality is, is, is God behind it? Because man can achieve a lot. Man can achieve many great things, but through God, it's all about what God wants to do in us. And uh, I want to just read from this, and I'm going to just do a recap on what we said last year. And uh, 1 Thessalonians 1, verse 2, uh, verse 1 through 2, 10, sorry, says this. Paul says this, To the church of the Thessalonians, in God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, grace and peace to you. We always thank God for all of you. And continually mention you in our prayers. We remember before our God and Father your work produced by faith, your labor prompted by love, and your endurance inspired by hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. What Paul is doing is encouraging this young church, about two to three years old, encouraging them on what he, when he brought the gospel, what started and how they are progressing. Verse 4, it says this, For we know, brothers and sisters, loved by God, that He has chosen you. I want to ask today, do you believe that you're chosen? Do you believe this church has been chosen to be positioned for such a time as this, in this location? I do. I don't think we're just here by accident. I believe our location, everything we're doing, is chosen by God. It says, For we know, brothers and sisters, loved by God, that He's chosen you, because our gospel came to you not simply with words but also with power with the holy spirit and deep conviction you know how we lived among you for your sake you became imitators of us and of the lord for you welcomed the message in the midst of severe suffering with the joy given by the holy spirit and so you became a model to all believers in Macedonia and Achaia. The Lord's message rang out from you, not only Macedonia and Achaia, your faith in God has become known everywhere. Come on. Therefore, we do not need to say anything about it, for they themselves report what kind of reception you gave us. They tell how you turned to God from idols to serve the living and true God and to wait for His Son from heaven, whom He raised from the dead. Jesus who rescues us from the coming wrath. Amen. Amen. I want to talk to you, first of all, I want to just recap on what we said in 2019. And the title of last year's Vision Day was, Something is about to happen. Something is about to happen. I don't know about you, but as I've looked at the last year, I believe something's happened significant in this church. 
Some of you may be saying, well, I've just started coming. There's a person who's observed for many years. I've been coming to this church a long time and uh, seen what God is doing. But I must say something significant is happening between relationships with people, the building of the church and what God is doing in and among us. And, and as, a, as a pastor of the church to see that, it's a blessing. But I really believe that as these things happen and the church begins to grow and fruit begins to come, We've got to be ready for the next phase. We've got to be ready for what God is about to do next. Because when he's building a people, he's building you for something he's going to use you for. Amen? Do you believe that? We're not here just to come and attend. So don't think church is about attendance. It's about you being used for the glory of God. Uh, if the, the verse I used last year was Philippians 1 verse 27. That whatever happens, and we talked about something's going to happen. Whatever happens, Paul says this. Conduct yourselves... In a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. In other words, and he's writing this from prison and he's telling them whatever happens, whatever happens in your life in the church, conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of Christ. And I believe that it's important for us as a church to understand that as things grow, as, as things develop and get busier, that we always conduct our ways to glorify Jesus. It has to come back to Jesus. He is the foundation of everything that we're doing in this church. It's not about what stuff we do. It's about the foundation who is Jesus. And I believe God has given us plenty of things already to use and start with for a great future. I've put here that our future development should never become a deviation from our focus on Jesus. You know, sometimes the busyness, the stuff we're doing can sometimes distract us. It can distract us from actually focusing on Jesus. Do you know the other day I was, I was busy doing things around the house and doing things and I had the boys there and I got to night time and I put Jacob to bed and Jacob said this as I put him into bed. He said, Dad, I turned the light up and he said, Dad, he said, we didn't have much time together tonight. And I realized that I'd been doing lots of stuff. And I felt guilty for a moment, so I thought, well, I'll go and lay with him. So I said, do you want me to lay next to you, which meant that he had longer awake then? Because he should have been asleep. But I realized that sometimes I can be running around doing things, but actually losing sight of relationship with the Lord. And I think it's so important for us this year, moving forward, that Jesus is center. Come on, this is not, this is not rocket science. This is what we're supposed to be doing. And I believe that... As we move forward, if we lose sight of Jesus being the center, you get so preoccupied with the busyness of church, with what's happening and all the different things. I mean, uh, I think it's amazing that we're doing conferences and all these things and the exceed and all these different things that are happening. But the reality is we can lose sight if we're not careful of the reason why we're doing it. Amen. So we need to come back to the source. Jesus, let me tell you, is everything. He's everything you need. And sometimes we can look at the worship developing and it's great to see the worship teams developing, more and more people coming on board, groups of people, things developing in the church. But can I say that at the end of the day, Jesus, it's all about him. It's all about Jesus. Jesus, Jesus is not a, a means for you to, to get a ministry. He's not a means for you to come to this church to get a role. He's not a means for you to develop and say, I've got some kind of gift. Jesus is everything and he needs to be the source. And some of us sometimes can lose sight of that. And what we do is we look at, oh, what are we going to do this year for the church? What can I be involved in? What can I do? But the reality is it's not about your roles. It's about your relationship with him. And I want to encourage you today, if there's anything from the outset before I get preaching, it is this, that you need to make Jesus the very center of everything you do. And at the moment that you're busy and you're doing things and he, he, you lose sight of him being the center, then there's something wrong. Because we need people who are burning on fire for the Lord. Not people burnt out. <laughs> not people burnt out by doing stuff, burnt out by religion, or burnt out by tasks. But burning for Jesus. You know, I was recently in a teaching thing, and some of you may have heard this, but hearing how to do Sundays well. And uh, it's interesting because the church these days seem to think that doing Sundays well is about a, a, an attractional, and, and, and you know, the, the Bible says in the book of Titus that we should make the teaching of our Savior attractive. 
But the reality is this, is we're not here to just attract people by how good the coffee is. We're not here to attract people on how good the sound is. The world can do that. But I believe that the very thing we need for 2020 is a move of the Holy Ghost. Like we have never seen before. Come on. It's time to stop relying on all these things that other churches seem to be relying on sometimes. Relying on things that seem to be comfort when I want to get on with the call. I want to get on with seeing people saved. I want to see a move of God in this house like I've never seen before. Come on, I've seen God touch people before in significant ways in this place. But I want to see more and more and more of God touching lives. And people can tell me as much as they want of how to do Sundays well, how good the coffee's going to smell, and how good things have got to be, and how nice everything's got to be. But the reality is, I want people to have an encounter with Jesus Christ. Do you? Come on. We want people to know that when they come to King's Church, that when they step into this building, that they say there's something different about this place. It's not because the meetings are a bit longer. It's not because Pastor Phil speaks too long sometimes. It's not because Pastor Phil shouts a bit too much. No, it's because the presence of Jesus is here. Why? Because we welcome the Lord to come in and do what he wants to do. Hallelujah. The title of today is this. I want to see a church with a difference. A church with a difference. Significantly different, but also very much like the early church. In fact, actually, many times when we say we want the church to be like the early church, we don't want the persecution, but we want the move of God. You don't want the stoning, but you want the supernatural power. You don't want the persecution that came. But can I tell you, persecution in the early church, in the book of Acts, always drove the church. So if you're worried by Christians being persecuted, we don't want to see this in the world. But let me tell you what what God is doing right now. He's stirring up. He's stirring up a church ready to be used for him. You see, if you can't be ready to be persecuted for your faith, how are you going to step out for your faith? I want to know what it is to be persecuted for my faith. I don't want to know what it is to come here and have a coffee and go home and just say, that was a nice sermon and that was a nice worship set. We're not here for that church. We're here to be a difference, to be salt, to be light. Come on. Some vision services may be talking about what we're going to do next in plans. I'm telling you, this is what the key is. It's all about Jesus. It's all about Him. It's all about Him. Paul says this in 1 Thessalonians 1. The key verse, verse 5, he says this. And I want you to get this because what he's saying is this. He's coming back. He's writing a letter to them to encourage them. He's saying, you're an early church. You've just started. And... I'm encouraging you about what you're becoming. So I'm I'm identifying things that you're becoming. But listen to this. He says this. Our gospel, first of all, he says, our gospel came to you, not simply with words, but also with power, with the Holy Spirit, and deep conviction. Then Paul goes on to say, after he said, what came to you, he now says, now I'm going to tell you what you've become. In other words, the reason why you've become these three things I'm going to identify for you, the reason why you've developed in these ways is because of what came to you originally. The question is, what is it that's coming into your life that's developing you? Because Paul is saying, we brought the message not just with simple words, but with power and the Holy Ghost and deep conviction. And I believe that for us, we've got to understand that we've got to come back to the source of when God met you. If you've given your life to Jesus and the Holy Spirit filled you, it is that very thing that's the source to what you're going to become. 
Some of us are thinking, no, no, it's the fruit. It's, it's the fact that I'm, I'm, I'm connected to a church. I've signed up to be a member. And so I'm part of a community of believers. And so this is what's going to... King's Church is going to help me to become something because I'm part of a community. That's all part of it. But truly, truly, it's the Holy Spirit. And we've got to understand that actually, for a move of God, for what God wants to do in the church, it's all about the Holy Ghost. We have everything we need already we already have the resources and he says this paul he says what came to you now i'm going to tell you what you become he says you became christ imitators he says you became imitators of us and of the lord so you became christ imitators i mean come on let's just let's just look at ourselves for a moment ask yourself the question am i being like jesus because i want a church that looks like jesus I saw one of my friends posted on social media yesterday. He was a, a, an evangelist. Some of you may follow him. It made me, made me laugh. He said, one of the churches I preached that have just had a complaint. Because I preached them, they've complained and sent a hate mail to the church saying, we're not happy with the preacher you had because he's too much like Jesus. <laughs> too much like Jesus. We are ambassadors of Christ. You're supposed to look like him. You're supposed to be like him. We're supposed to be representative, reflective, mirroring Christ. That's what we're supposed to be doing. Christ, he says, what came to you, when the Holy Spirit came to you, when it came with power, a demonstration of power, when these things happened in you, and you're only an early church, you became Christ imitators, listen to this, in the midst of severe suffering. Not when everything was going well and the coffee's well and it's quite cheaper than Costa. Not when everything's nice and, and comfortable in the church. No, 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 no. He says, when you were going through tough seasons, you became, as a church, Christ imitators. I don't know about you, but I, I've gone through a trial. You've gone through trials. But come on, we've got to be people who, the trial doesn't change our face. The trial doesn't change your attitude. The trial doesn't change who you are as a person. Why? Because the joy of the Holy Ghost living inside of you is the sustaining thing that takes you through life. Come on, I'm sick and tired of going to churches and meeting people that look like depressed Christians. I meet them all the time. You're probably saying, how can you say that? I do. I meet people who, who don't look happy for Jesus. I might be crumbling inside, but... You'll, you'll probably always find me with a smile on my face. You probably won't even tell sometimes when I'm struggling. Now, yeah, I'm not saying that we've got to share things with people, but ultimately we've got to learn what it is to live off the joy of the Holy Ghost. Because happiness relies on happenings. If you rely on happenings, then you, you're going to fail. But you need to, you need to rely on the joy. The joy of the Holy Ghost that lives inside of you. Then you can be Christ imitators. How do you think Jesus went around doing good, preaching to people, delivering them from demons, seeing all the things when he was trying to be pushed off cliffs? How do you think he did it? How? How could he do these things when people condemned him, when people didn't like him? Jesus never came to adapt to the culture. He came to address it. He didn't come and just say, I'm going to be like you and be part of you. No. Listen to me. People say all the time, Jesus is religious. Jesus is not religious. He came to rock the religious society. He shook it up. The religious ones hated him. Are you ready to be hated for Jesus? Come on. The Bible talks about being wanting to be beaten up for Jesus. I mean, sometimes, do you want to be beaten up for Jesus? Probably not. I'll leave Steve for that one. In fact, you, you've took a knock for Jesus, haven't you, on the streets? He took a knock for Jesus. He texted me one night. He said, I've been on the streets. Someone just punched me. I'm like, keep going, brother. You can have a, I'll, get, I'll make you a nice coffee on Sunday. Christ imitators. You became Christ imitators, he says. Then he says, you became church modelers. Isn't it, wouldn't it be amazing for us as a church, come on, that we would model what it is to be church. I'm tired of people saying, I don't know which denomination to join. There's that many denominations to join. 
I mean, no, people don't even know whether we're like Jehovah's Witnesses or who we are. There's that many options. There's that many preferences. No one knows anymore. But let's be a significant church that people say, I don't really know what denomination they are, but I know that Jesus is there. I think there's a problem. I think there's a problem when we get so merged into denominations and movements that no one really sees a significance because Jesus is not operating. But if we stand up, if we become what God has called us to be, if we just do these very simple things, it ain't complex, you're going to start to see this church rise up. There's going to be a significant flame that burns on this street. Come on, do you believe it? I do. I believe it because it's simple and Jesus just asked us to do it. It's not my idea, it's his idea. We will become church modelers. Then he goes on to say world influencers. That it rang out, you'll become world influencers. It's going to get everywhere. Come on. Hallelujah. What he's saying is this, what came to you is a result of what you become. And it's interesting because we should always go back to what is it? What's the source? The source is Jesus. The source is the Holy Ghost. And when we realize that it's the Spirit of God, we realize that what we're going to become is based on that, not anything else. I put here that what we become is a result of what we behold. What we're going to become as a church for 2020, 2021, you name it, this applies to all years. It's not just special for 2020. But the reality is this. What we're going to become is based on what we behold as a church. What is the center? If you put Jesus' center, you're going to become something. <laughs> you're going to become something for the Lord. John chapter 3 verse 30, John the Baptist, he's building his ministry. He's got a ministry going. He's got a website. He's out in the desert preaching. He's got his brand. He's got everything he needs. And then Jesus comes and he recognizes he says this, he must become greater, I must become less. What he sees is this. He sees that Jesus has now come, so he has to become something else because Jesus is always the center. If Jesus is the center, then I now need to put Jesus the center so I can become less. But do you know something? When he became less and you become less and Jesus becomes greater, you're going to become greater because he becomes greater. No, I don't like that because I want to become great. I want to have a website. I want to be known around the world. No, you don't. Sometimes I think I don't, I don't like being known. Why, why do we want to be known? Jesus is the one who needs to be known. Isn't it? And so what, what I'm saying is this, is that when we understand that Jesus becomes greater, we become less. That's when we put Jesus the center. That's when everything starts to work in the order that God has called it to be. Amen. I've got three things I want to bring out from this. And the first is this, that we need to become a church of, number one, radical obedience. Radical obedience. What do I mean by that? Well, if you want to be a Christ imitator, you're going to be radical. You're going to be radical. It's going to, it's going to mean that you're going to do things that people don't like. You're going to do things as a church, as a living stone. I said it earlier, you are living stones. You're going to start to do things this year that shake people up and people don't like you. Get ready. Get ready to not be liked. Come on, we're not in this to be liked. We're in this to release the good news of Jesus Christ, to see people get saved and come to the knowledge of Jesus Christ. Not to be liked. Radical obedience. He says this, Paul, you became imitators of us and of the Lord. For you welcomed the message in the midst of severe suffering with the joy given by the Holy Spirit. You know, I felt the Spirit of God said to me, and I, I got this, these verses the Lord spoke to me in 2019 about what he wanted to bring in 2020. And it's interesting because when I read them, I was looking at the fact of how they influenced, how... Uh, when Paul says, what came to you, you became something and it influenced and it infiltrated into society and it expands. And, and I realized that just recently, I don't know about you, but I'm tired of turning on the news and seeing about the coronavirus. Every day. I mean, and I see this and people and the, 
I went to the, to the supermarket the other day and realized it's, it's quite hard to get toilet rolls at the moment. And the hand sanitizer. So I had to get one that's not antibacterial. Because everyone's cleared the shelves out. Because everyone's going crazy. Everyone's going crazy of what might happen. And have you noticed something that when a little thing, just one person comes in with that disease, one person enters this country, what is beginning to happen? And the Lord said to me, it's time for the church to go viral. It's time for the church to infect and to touch society so that it starts to change the atmosphere with a radical obedience. Hallelujah. Come on, who's excited? When we see these things in the world, I want to tell you, the Lord spoke to me said, it's time to go viral. It's time for you to step out. It's time for you to stop self-containing yourself. It's time to stop putting yourself in a room and saying, I can't do things for Jesus. I'm not an evangelist. I can't do anything. It's time to step out and infect. Hallelujah. I'm glad you got it, sir. It's true. It's time to touch our society and go viral for Jesus. Radical obedience in the supernatural. Matthew chapter 13 verse 33, Jesus says this, The kingdom of heaven is like yeast that a woman took and mixed into about 60 pounds of flour until it worked all through the door. What he's saying is this. He's saying the kingdom of heaven is like a little bit of yeast. You just put it in. But get this. The person has to take it and mix it. You can't wait for it to mix. You don't sit back and relax. We have to be active believers. Active believers that say, right, the gospel came to me. The Holy Spirit came to me. And it's not something that's suppressed. Now I've got to activate it. That's why Paul's charge to Timothy was, fan into flame the gifts. Some of you right now, your fire's going out. Some of you right now, your fire is low. It's like hot coals. It's time to blow on it and you've got to blow on it. When you blow on it, then there's a stirring begins to happen in your spirit. This is the church that starts to grow. This is the church that's got a vision when it starts to see what Jesus sees. You start to see in your workplaces opportunities to share the gospel. Your educational areas to share the gospel, to touch lives. He says the woman took it and mixed it. I want to be a church that is radical to take what you get. Listen, the bread that we keep giving out every week is not for you to sit and get fat. It's not. It's not about sitting here. You can keep drinking milk. You'll never get to meat. You can keep obtaining meat Never do anything. Listen, Jesus said this in John chapter 4. He says, my, my will is to do the, is my, my meat is to do the will of him who sent me. That's what the New King James Version says. My meat. My food is the NIV. In other words, what he's saying is, this is what sustains me when I'm actively doing stuff. When I'm actively doing things, that is the thing that sustains me and produces the fruit for my father. The woman took it. And she mixed it. If we want to see the results Jesus had, we need to take the kingdom of God into our societies, around us, wherever you are. The problem is sometimes that we don't want to do that. And as the churches, we want to adapt to culture. I mean, when people talk about the culture of the church, I get it. I get it, but come on, I'm not, I'm not here to build culture. I'm here to just see Jesus. Building culture. Doing things to, to look like the world, adapting to culture. Do you know, in the Bible it says this in 2 Kings 16, it talks about King Ahaz. One time he went to see the king of Assyria in Damascus, and he sees a pagan altar. He sees the, he loves it that much that he sends his sketches back. He sends the sketches back to, 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 the, to the temple. and says, I want the same kind of altar as this. Can you make this? And Uriah the priest makes sure that's all done. And by the time he comes back, we see that this pagan altar, this representation of what he's seen in the world, now comes into the temple. And the danger today is this, that churches, if we're not careful, 
are beginning to take what the world has to try and attract the world. But it's not about that. I don't want us to look like the world. I want us to look like Jesus. I don't want us to look like the world. I want us to look like Him. His love shone out to people when they walk in. We're not called to adapt to the culture, but permeate it. Matthew chapter 16, Jesus, He asks His disciples, Who do you say I am? Who do you say I am? And they respond, and Peter says, You are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. What is his response? Jesus says this. We've got it here. Verse 17. He said, Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by my Father in heaven. And I tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church. And the gates of Hades, hell, will not overcome it. This is one of the best scriptures talking about the building of the church. When he says this, he's saying, Jesus is saying, because you've understood that I am the center, you know who I am, that's how the church gets built. And he says this, he says, it's not about, and by the way, I don't believe that Peter is, it's all about that Peter's the rock and it's all built on Peter. No, 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 no. It's built on, the rock is the revelation. The rock is what the revelation was. He says, Peter, this rock, this revelation you got from heaven, it's not flesh and blood. People don't do this. You can't get it from people. It's only from heaven. That when you understand the revelation of who I am, you're going to see the church built. Not it's built on you. It's not built on people. It's built on Jesus, the cornerstone of the church. But the problem is, Peter was given this revelation it's de- look, it's deposited into his heart. And he says, he says, I know who you are. You're the son of the living God. He recognizes this. And have you noticed this? It's deposited in him, but then denied later. So what we find is that, that Peter then finds himself by a fire, it says. So Jesus has been took away, be crucified. This is where the persecution comes in. This is where the rubber hits the road. This is where, when you as a believer now, do you really stand up for Jesus? And so now he's stood around the fire with a group of people. And it's then, when he's, remember, he's just had a download from heaven. A deposit in his heart that tells him how to grow a church. This is, from, this, is, this is the Holy Spirit. God has revealed this. Now he's stood around the fire. And he denies who Jesus is three times, as we know. But what we see is this. He says this line to the woman in verse 57. Woman, I don't know him. Not just denying him. He says, I don't even know him. I don't know him. Before he says, I know who you are. You're the son of God. The Messiah. And so now he's saying, he's not just saying, oh no, I I haven't been with him. No, I don't even know him. Do you know that what's deposited in you, what came to you originally, can be suppressed? The fire in you can be suppressed. And I'll tell you what suppresses fires when you hang around artificial fires like he did. Because you're warmed by fires and there's not a fire burning inside you anymore. He stood by a fire being warmed by this fire being comforted. But let me tell you, it's time for the church to stop comforting themselves around fires, but to start being the fire. Come on. To stop being the fire. When Jeremiah says, it's like fire shut up in my bones. He ain't talking about some fire on the outside. He's talking about a fire on the inside. So when he stood there by the fire, he stood by the fire and they come and the time of testing comes this is the pivotal point where he could have stood up for Jesus but he says no, no, no I don't, I don't, I don't even know him how amazing is it that you could have had a deposit of the Holy Ghost in your life that once you used to speak out so loudly for Jesus you once used to say things about Jesus you once used to publicly proclaim about Jesus but now you've suppressed it why? because you're warming yourselves by the wrong fire 
It's time to have a radical obedience for Jesus. What do I want to say in summary of that? What do we want to do as a church this year? I've felt the Lord put on my heart. We've been doing Leadership 360 for a couple of years now. But we said we wanted to hold that off. And I share with the leadership team. I really felt the Lord said to me, it's time to teach people and to, and to, to draw in the people to encourage and inspire and fan into flame the gifts of the Spirit. And so we want to run this year a school of the supernatural. We want to do something that is going to inspire you and bring in people. We've got a slide up here. This is going to be launching. Have we got that? On the 7th of September this year, all the speakers, everything's booked and we'll run into 2021. But what we want to do is this. We want to encourage people, fan into flame the gifts of the Spirit. We're a church. We're a Pentecostal church. Come on. We're a church that should be on fire for Jesus. So it's time to, to burn again with fire. Some of these people we've got here is Helen Yousaf. going to be coming from Elim Sound. going to be teaching. We've got Eric Gilmore. He's going to be teaching on this as well. Mauricio Canales is from Shake the Nations Ministries in, in America. Preaching all around the world. We've got them coming to share and speak into your lives. These things are for you to encourage you. We've got David Shearman, an apostolic father figure of the Assemblies of God who's moved in signs and wonders. Father figures. Come on, we need some father figures speaking into our lives here. I'm a great believer. Do you know what? I love father figures. There's not enough of it in the church. I, I like to hang around people who are like fathers to me, spiritual fathers. And this gentleman here is very well known, David Shearman. He's going to be coming to speak. Jared Cooper, some of you know Jared. I don't know who the next guy is, but Steve Upple. <laughs> don't worry about him. He's crazy. Steve Upple. Steve Upple, I've asked him to come out. I've told, all these, I've told these people what to speak on. Steve, I want Steve to come and he want, inspire us in prayer and intercession and spiritual warfare. Come on, this is part of moving in the supernatural. The Bible says that we, we, we fight against prince, uh, principalities and powers. Not flesh and blood. We've got to understand what it is to be a church that's on fire. And, and one of the things I want to see this year, we did prayer rooms last year, but one of the initiatives this year is to bring prayer and intercession in and probably bring some all-night prayer meetings. Come on. I'll be there from 9 till 10. Now, that's the time when we need good coffee. Come on, we've got to be a church that is saying we want to see a move of God. We want this teaching to come in. But listen, it's going to be backed up by prayer and intercession. Hallelujah. One of the other things we want to do, we did it last year, but I, I purposely brought Daniel Chand in, the evangelist Daniel Chand and Tanya. We want to do a missions week again. We're going to do that 10th to 12th of July, a few days as we lead up to uh, the Sunday with an African night in with some evangelism again. But I, was, I met with Daniel recently and really feel connected to him to what we want to do. We want to just push ourselves. One of the reasons I brought Daniel in last year was to push me and to stretch me. But I really believe that God wants to, us to do this even more and touch our city. Daniel's going to be coming on the streets with us. Last year we did some public proclamation on the streets, preaching the good news. Come on, it's time to make a sound in Cambridge again. It's time to make a sound in this city. Come on, it's time, the devil doesn't like all this. The devil doesn't like it. But we're going to make a sound. We're going to make, continue making a sound. You know, this morning I was driving in and, I don't know about you, did you get stuck in the traffic? It seems like half of the church did. I came in, I was stuck driving through. And, and, I, and, I, and there's, there's people beating drums at the side of the road. I thought, I ain't celebrating. You got drums? I ain't celebrating. I just need to get to church. And the Lord spoke to me. I just felt the Lord speak to me and said, this is what happens when there's a disruption. I want to be a holy disruption. A holy disruption in the church where the Spirit of God moves when you go down the streets and it causes disruption and people have to go diversions. They have to go another way because they find the way, the truth and the life. Come on. You want to ask yourself the question sometimes, is God speaking to me? Does he speak? He speaks all the time. He speaks when I'm in the car. When I'm driving, I see people and there's disruption. I say, Lord, what are you saying? And he says, this is what I want to do with the church. He said, I want a holy disruption in this city, son. I'm like, come on. Let's do it. Let's do it. So we want to do that. I want to encourage you. Get signed up to this. When we launch it, get signed up. Why? Because the whole point is, it's not just, we've been teaching leadership for the last two years. We want to get people in a room where you're surrounded by significant people like this. 
who are going to inspire you, encourage you to believe for greater, to believe for bigger things. Jesus says this. He says, you're going to do greater works than I. Come on. Who believes that? I do. We're going to do greater works than Jesus. Well, you better start, start acting like him. Then you might do greater things. Number two, we need to become a church that models excellence. 1 Thessalonians 1 verse 7 says, You became a model to all believers in Macedonia and Achaia. It's interesting because what Paul is saying, he said, he says you're not just a, this isn't, remember this is two to three years old and already he's describing as a model. I go to some churches, I'll tell you, and they, they ain't a model. They ain't a model. I'm not saying we're perfect, but I go to some places and I think this is not a model. And we've got to be, come on church, it's time to get excellent for Jesus. Some people get a bit worried about being excellent. We've got to get excellent in our worship. And and people say, how could he say that? We're we're so good. Do you know what? I want to be more excellent in my preaching. I want to be more excellent in everything I do. I'm not, come on, I'm not there yet. And I'm not aiming to get there, but I just want to be always excellent for Jesus. In everything you do. And some, and some of you right now, stop waiting for other people to do it. Listen, we're excellent here. We do as much as we can with the resources we have. But if you've got gifts and talents and abilities, come and bring them to the table because I need you. I need you. I need you so that we can portray Jesus Christ in the best way possible. I want it to be excellent in our worship, everything we do. But not just excellent in presentation. Come on. I want a church that when we worship, when we come in here and people come in, they say the presence of Jesus is here. It's so deep, it's so strong that some people begin to manifest with demons. Oh, we don't like that. We'll come find another church then that the coffee's good. This is what Jesus did. He didn't go demon hunting. He just was himself and demons manifested. Why? Because when the presence of Jesus is in the room, when he is significantly lifted up, things happen. People are always like to me, do you think this person's got a demon? Let's try and find out if they've got a demon. I don't need to find out. Just preach Jesus. Lift up Jesus and they'll manifest. They can't stand Jesus. So we've got to be a church that is excellent. He's lifting up the name of Jesus. He is center. And, and if you're thinking right now, but oh, I'm, I'm happy with my gift. And I'm, a, I'm a worship leader and I'm doing well. No, listen, you've always got to believe that God wants to do more in you. Come on, don't settle for that. Be a thing. Say, I want to become. How am I going to become? Because I'm going to remember what the Holy Spirit's done to me. It's all about Jesus. We need to model excellence hallelujah you see when peter receives the revelation from jesus in matthew 16 about building the church notice what happens next when when jesus says yeah you've got it it's come from the father not flesh and blood he then tells him about keys of the kingdom so what he's saying is this If you put me first, if you maintain the knowledge of who I am, you're going to start getting keys and doors are going to begin to open. And I felt the Lord say to me this, the more we put Jesus central, the more we get back to him building the church and it's it's all about Jesus, doors are going to begin to open for us as a church. Keys are going to begin to given to us as a church. And we're going to be a model, a model church to others that we feel confident in replicating. Do you know something? If we want to see church plants from King's Church, if we want to see people duplicate what we do, we've got to be confident in our model. If you're not confident in who you are, how can you duplicate that? Who wants to duplicate something that doesn't work very well? I know that when I used to work in the industry, in design and development, before they made anything, they would make prototypes. Before they made anything and they spent the money invested to make a product, they would spend money in prototyping. They would make models. They would even make models on computers that was computer generated. Why? Because we have to be confident in what we're doing as a church, the excellence, the maturity of our believers. That we can now say, this is good, we're going to send you out and we want to plant something. 
I would feel uncomfortable planting something if we're not mature and confident in our model. They will model church. And I believe that God wants to give us keys. 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 I felt the Lord say to me this. As you put me center, as you begin to understand that I am the center, I am the source this year, I'm going to open new doors for you. I believe this is a prophetic word for this church. God wants to open doors. He wants to open doors in the educational arena. I was chatting to Steve this morning. I said, I've put this in my message. He says, I'm going next week to speak at a school in Cambridge. This is the first time we've done this properly. Steve is going in to speak about worship. What it means to worship Jesus to students. Come on. I want more avenues where we're touching educational systems. I want areas where we're going into speaking to political arenas. The Lord's spoke to me many times and said, you're going to prophesy to people in authority. Well, come on and let's see it. Let's believe it. Let this church be a church that touches the political arenas, that prophesies into it to become a model. To become a model, it's time to mature up, guys. Come on. Let's move from the elementary teachings to the big stuff. Come on. Let's move to the big stuff. Because the devil wants us self-contained in the little stuff. It's time to move to big. It's time to dream big for this church. Doors are going to open. I put here that I felt the Lord said territorial doors. Positions in this city. Even spaces to use to bring Jesus. Come on, it's been amazing. We've been seeing Alpha. We want to thank God for what Lisa's been doing with Alpha in Eddington. But we want to see more expressions of Jesus. And if that means planting churches, duplicating the model, come on, let's believe it. But before we do it, let's be confident in our model. The only way I'm going to be confident is when we all grow up together and realize, come on, it's time to just, let's all muck in on this because we need all hands on deck. When all hands are on deck and you're not just saying, I'm just showing up when I'm on a rotor. I'm just showing up just every now and again. No, we need to be confidently getting engaged with what Jesus is doing in this church. Hallelujah. God's going to open territorial doors, missional doors. I believe he's going to open up new, new nations for us to touch. Hallelujah. You see, our depth of spiritual maturity determines our doors of opportunity. The more mature we become, the more doors God's going to open. He, won't open. he will not give you doors and access into nations and the things that you want unless you grow up. So I, one of my objectives is not, can I find a door? Can I find a relationship with someone where I can get a door? No, it's grow up, be mature. When you're mature, you're going to see doors open. You see that Daniel chapter 6 verse 3 says that Daniel so distinguished himself among the administrators and satraps by his what exceptional qualities. Exceptional qualities that the king planned to set him over the whole kingdom. Do you see that? When he decides to distinguish himself, to, to be a model of a believer, a model, what happens is behind the scenes, the king is planning to do something greater. And I'm telling you, if you're saying, I'm just waiting for God to open a door and then I'm going to go through it, but you don't get involved in church, that is not the way to do it. The way to do it is to distinguish yourself as a believer in this church that says, I'm absolutely sold out for this vision. And if you are, what happens is behind the scenes, the king, King Jesus plans your future. Some of the best doors I've seen open for people is when they sacrificially just serve. If you serve, the king's planning your future. Hallelujah. Philippians 4 verse 9. Paul says this, verse 9. Whatever you've learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice. And the God of peace will be with you. Do you know what Paul's saying here? I I love this because Paul is confident about his own model. He's actually so confident about himself. Come on, some people don't like to think about, you know, self-confidence. Paul is so confident. He says, what you've seen in me, I'm so confident. I'm not perfect, but I'm confident in what's happening in me that I want you to replicate it. 
I want you to imitate it. I want you to do it. I want to ask you the question, are you so confident in yourself as a believer that you would want people to look like you do? <laughs> or do you like, no, just, just like Jesus. No, we should be always striving to be like Jesus and then saying to people, be like me. I mean, wouldn't it be good if some people were so confident to say, you know, I'm like this and this is the things I've been doing for the Lord. I want you to be like me. Come on, someone's got to be confident in the Lord. I've overcome these things in my life and I want you to see these things in me and you replicate it because it will help you. Paul was confident in that model and he says this, if you do it, the God of peace will be with you. I believe that if we do this, if we're excellent as a church, we need God's peace on what we do and his presence on what we do. Some of the things we're going to be doing this year to just build, I believe, that excellence and to build that maturity in us as believers is simply we're carrying on with our Bible 360 School of Theology, which some of you know if you're new to this church, you won't know, but we invest a lot of money and time and, and bringing speakers in for our School of Theology. We want to continue with that. We really feel that God is just asking us to continue. We've seen years of this. Yes, it's not new, but listen, I believe it's important that we have high-level teaching. Such high-level teaching. Sometimes I can't bring that teaching, so I said, bring them in. Sometimes you've got to understand that you can't do everything. So I bring in these people. And, and listen, you've got to come to these things. You've got to be part of Bible 360 and get the richness of God's Word so that we become a model church. We're maturing in our faith. The next thing is this, that I really felt the Lord put on my heart to help the worship. Invest into, I really believe that if the worship is invested into, God will do something amazing here. We need prayer and worship. And so one of the things we want to do is introduce worship workshops this year. They're going to be starting soon. I've invited Danny Oates. We've got Helen Yousaf coming from Elim Sound. Very prophetic. She's going to be coming in a whole day teaching into our worship team and then leading on the Sunday with the teams. I want the teams to be invested into by mature people. I'm not saying that we're not mature, but we always need to grow up. That's why I get around father figures. So the, the worship team, I want to develop. I want it to go to the next level. Come on. We've got to believe. So if you're saying, well, I'm not part of the worship team, will you pray for it? Will you pray for these worship workshops that actually people begin to learn and they develop in their skills? We want to see our worship increase and develop in excellence, but also in a move of the Spirit of God. So we're not just coming, and it's not just about singing a few songs. It's actually we come, and we say, do you know what? We don't know what's happening here, but there's a, there's a new sound that's beginning to rise up in this place. Come on. Not a new song from Hillsong. A new sound. Hallelujah. So we're going to be bringing these people. We've got Danny Oates here. We've got... Alison Key from the Worship Academy. Some of you know uh, Chris Bowater. She's a good friend of mine. She's going to be coming to t bring teaching in. All these, listen, let me tell you, these are great connections. These are good people who are going to invest into our church. This, these things don't, they cost us to bring these people in. So I really believe this investment is going to be great. And also just last but not least is Embrace Conference and Stronger Conference. We've got Men's Conference coming as well. That's happening in May. So we had one last year. This is the second one. We're running one again so that we can try and get our conferences, our women's and men's conferences, always to happen at April and May every year now. And so this is going to be stronger. We've got guest speaker John Glass, who was the superintendent of Elim. He's going to be coming to speak into the guys. We had an amazing time. It wasn't amazing, Steve, the last conference we had with the guys. And I'm sure if you came, but come on, why don't you invite a friend and let's see. Let's see people in, invested into some of your friends at work. But one of the reasons we want to bring John Glasses in, again, is to bring in that father figure into the church to help guys. Some guys are struggling with many things. And we just want people like this to inspire us and encourage us and build our maturity. Amen. That's going to be happening. And we'll be announcing that probably next week for you to book onto it on the 16th. Of May. One of the other things just in terms of developing a maturity, we're exploring at the moment as a leadership team to try and invest into our youth work. And so we're looking at potentially bringing on a youth worker, uh, someone to probably help Jeremy or to invest into that. I really believe that we want to see our youth work develop. Come on, we need to see a generation rising up of young people. And come on, my, my son goes there. You've got children. Maybe sometimes you're saying, well, they're not interested in going. We need to invest into this. And so it's something we want to develop so that we become a model, not just for our Sunday services, but for youth as well. 
that's one of the things we want to do this year. Last but not least, my last part is this, that we need to become a church of widespread influence. <clears throat> widespread influence. In 1 Thessalonians 1 verse 8, Paul says this, The Lord's message rang out from you, not only Macedonia and Achaia, but your faith in God has become known everywhere. 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 I don't know about you, but if God starts to open doors for us as a church, we're going to start to see nations open up and opportunities. We're going to see opportunities where what we're doing as a church here begins to go widespread. I believe as a church we're not called to be here every week and just believing for inside these walls. When I, when I led this church and I began, some of you know the story, God called me to go to the streets. There was a significant vision to get out onto the streets to preach Jesus. We sung it this morning, but I want us to continue doing that. I want us to continue preaching Jesus on the streets. I want us to continue being evangelistic. Our Evangelism 360 training program we've been doing over the last few years, to continue doing those this year so that we can train people in evangelism and to encourage people to go out and share the gospel. See, the problem is, is this. is If you turn on the news today, if it's not coronavirus, it's global warming. It's one or the other. And I've got nothing against you. You've got all your opinions. I ain't getting political here on what's global warming. But one thing I felt the Lord said to me is just the other day, he said this. He said, it's time for the church that if the fire of God is in you, if the fire of God is in you and you're not, you're not hanging around fires like Peter was, and you're beginning to get a fire that burns within you, you begin to get this, that it's time for the church to leave a carbon footprint for me. It's time for the church to leave a carbon footprint because the Bible says this, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring the good news. It's time for people to get out there, to bring influence, not only in Cambridge, but nations across the world, that you leave a carbon footprint. And the Lord said to me, as people go, as you build a church that goes, feet that go, that are prepared with the fire of God inside of them, that leave a carbon footprint, you will see not only global warming, you will see the whole world on fire for Jesus because he will ushering a move of God oh we want a revival we want God to move it will only happen when you do something I'm glad you got it sir come on we've got to understand that when we begin to step out you're going to leave a footprint on society you're going to leave a footprint that, that things are going to get, get heated up. Things are going to get fired up for Jesus. Come on. People will be saying, what's happening? Why are things changing? Why are things affected around here? I'll tell you why. It's because of that church on Tennyson Road. It's because they keep doing things. And things are affected. Things are melting off people like addictions. Why? Because the heat is rising. It says it rang, 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 rang out from you. It rang out from you. Come on. We need to get a church that gets on the news. People are like, what's this church on Tennyson Road? I'll tell you who we are. We're people who believe in the word of God. We're people who stand on the word of God. Come on, who's prepared to go to prison for Jesus? Ah, some of you don't want to fill the welcome card in now. Come on, who's prepared to do it? Because if we do this, if we really, to come on church, if we do this, I'm not just preaching this to sound good, if we do it, and you're prepared to stand up for Jesus like you've never stood up before. That we hit the news and the news says someone from Tennyson Road, they've been saying things about Jesus and we had to imprison them. But then you get people in your cell saved. Come on church. Let's heat up this place. Say I want to leave a carbon footprint for Jesus. Hallelujah. Wide spread influence hallelujah matthew chapter 5 verse 14 to 15 jesus says you are the light of the world a town built on a hill cannot be hidden 
Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and gives light to everyone in the house. Come on. Do you know, I'm so blessed by even now. Four years ago, I was speaking in Cambridge, speaking to YWAM. Because they invited me because they heard about what our church was doing. They said, we, we heard about you evangelistically going out and you're, you're seeing healings, miracles where you come and teach. And so I did talk four years ago. Just didn't realize that in that room that there was the European, one of the headers of the European uh, guys for evangelism for YWAM. Who contacts me just a few weeks ago and says, will you come in 2021 to Berlin and teach the leaders of YWAM what you're doing in Cambridge? And go to the streets of Berlin. Come on, church. God is opening doors. People heard in Atlanta, Georgia about what we're doing. They said, we want to see the results you're getting. We want to see how you do it. Will you come? I'm going to be going over to Atlanta in Georgia to go to the streets. Why? Because we did it here. We did it here. If you do it here, he opens doors. I had a call from TBN this week. They want to come and film you on the streets in May. Then they're going to broadcast on TBN what God is doing in this church. I didn't ask for them to come. I don't seek TV spots because I don't really bother with all that kind of stuff. But I said, I'll come. Do you know why I want to go? Because I just want Jesus to magnify. If he can get glorified through this, if people find out and doors are opened, why? Because we just served him. Come on. This is, this is amazing stuff. This is a small church with significant, significant influence. Isn't it? You can be part of it. You can be part of what God is doing right now. You can say, I'm going to sow into this. I'm going to give into it. But I'm believing God is truly doing something. Amen? One of the other things that we want to do this year is as doors open, we've been talking about mission trips again. We want to send people to Malta again. There's a significant work that's happening in Malta. And Stephen Liliana, you went out there to, do, to work with the Venezuelan church. We started this several years ago. But we want to send teams again. You know, when we went to Malta... A number of years ago, it was wonderful to see people getting saved. We were baptizing people and to see miracles happening. We were taking evangelism, the model, the model what we had here to other nations to apply it. We want to see it again. We want to replicate that this year again. We want to send people back again and encourage people to step out in faith. Not just here, but in other nations. One of the other things we've been discussing is Stephen Liliana being going to Colombia a lot. We've been talking about potentially sending a missions trip of guys with Stephen Liliana. I'm thinking about popping over there as well to Colombia. Fuego, fire. Come on, let's take the fire. We want the fire. Some of you are like, oh, well, I don't get, to, what if I don't get to go? It doesn't matter. You pray for those who go, that they'll leave a carbon footprint in Colombia. Come on. Come on. Because the more you pray, do you know what happens when you pray for others that go? You'll go one day. God will just use you. And so we want these doors to open Colombia. It's wonderful to have Patrick among us, who was even last year going into Argentina, sharing the gospel. Come on, stand up, Patrick. I want to bless you, man. <laughs> wonderful what you do. God is going to continue to use you, son. He's going to continue to use you. And these are, the, these are the beginning days for you. It's the start of what God is going to do in your life. I said to you before, I said, God, he's going to, you're going to be a trophy for him of grace. And sometimes in your life, you said even recently, I don't know if I can do this. But the Lord says, you can, son. It's time to pray for boldness again. Because things in your life have been hitting you hard. And the Lord says, I'm going to give you fresh boldness, fresh fire. Come on, he needs confidence, boldness. So you need to pray for him. This is an evangelist we invested into, went to Argentina. We need to believe God to use him even more powerfully. Because every time someone stands up for Jesus, they're a hot target for Satan. Come on, this is a brother in Christ who's stepping out, been to Argentina. Come on, let's pray for him. Bless you, man. God is opening doors. We need to be a widespread influence. Hallelujah. This year, I said it last year, we've been slower in getting this done, but we're going to be launching our new website soon. 
How many of you know that our online presence is just as important as what we do with our mouths and physically? And so we're going to be launching a new website soon that is a, a responsive design so it'll work better on your mobile phones. And we're working with our teams to do that. But I'm so encouraged by this because, do you know, I, I got a message. I even sent it through to the leaders recently. We had a message from someone in America who says, I keep listening to your sermons all the time. People in America. People sat there at home. Not sure why they're not at church, but... Well, maybe they're downloading it. Maybe it's just me being judgmental. But people listening in. We've got to understand that these mediums, we need to increase our awareness on these things. And some of the, some of the guys here have been saying to me, we need to increase our, our presence on Instagram and all these things. We need to do that, church. So it takes investment and time, but I really believe that as we do that, it will portray what God is doing, all the things I've talked about, portray it out to people so that people are welcomed in. People see, and it's visible, what we're doing. And last but not least, we're going to be doing a Voice in the City conference this year. We're going to be doing another one. And that's going to be with, um, have we got this slide here? We've got Rachel Hickson with us this year. Elim Sound are going to be doing the worship with Helen Yousaf and Jared Cooper. It's going to be an amazing day. That's the day already. It's all booked in 24th of October. That's going to be happening here. I believe that, I've been running these conferences for a number of years now. I believe that we need to be a prophetic voice. This church needs to be a prophetic voice. I hear many leaders come to me and say, there's not much of a prophetic voice in this city. In fact, sometimes in the assemblies of God alone, people, are, it's very hard to find prophets these days across our nation. But I really believe, I want to raise up prophets. I want to see people in this room raised up in the prophetic that are a voice to nations, a voice to Cambridge, a voice that when you go out into your workplaces, educational environments, that you begin to prophesy into these places. How do we do that? We inspire you by putting on these conferences. So make sure you book your ticket when that comes out. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Come on, let's all stand together. Thank you for listening and we trust that the Word of God has inspired you today. For further information about King's Church or to access our large archive of other recordings, go to www.kingscambridge.org. If you're listening on iTunes, we would love you to leave us some feedback. God bless and goodbye.